This is On Air with JT. Join JT, visionary and host for a 420-friendly improv and variety talk show featuring pop culture, news, interviews, debates and the home of the famous JT Rants. Here, mental health awareness is at the forefront with JT on a mission to inspire and spread mental health awareness. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio and YouTube. You can stay up to date and get in touch by heading to onairwithjt.com. To contact the show directly or for business inquiries, use onairwithjt at gmail.com. Have a great day the JT way. JT did it again. This is On Air with JT. Join JT, visionary and host for a 420-friendly improv and variety talk show featuring pop culture, news, interviews, debates and the home of the famous JT Rants. Here, mental health awareness is at the forefront with JT on a mission to inspire and spread mental health awareness. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio and YouTube. You can stay up to date and get in touch by heading to onairwithjt.com. To contact the show directly or for business inquiries, use onairwithjt at gmail.com. On Air with JT, hosted by... JT and Maddie, On Air with JT. Listen to On Air with JT on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Go to onairwithjt.com. If you are a business owner, brand, company, or anyone selling a product and you want to advertise on this podcast, email the show directly at onairwithjt at gmail.com. We are offering extremely low rates for a limited time. Once again, email the show at onairwithjt at gmail.com. JT did it again. On air with JT. JT did it again. How's it going, everybody? You are listening or watching a brand new episode of On Air with JT. And like always, my name is Justin Thomas. And thank you so much for tuning in how's it going everybody thank you so much for listening or watching a brand new episode of on air with jt and like always my name is justin thomas and thank you so much whether it's your first time listening or watching or if you're a returning listener or viewer thank you so much i i really do appreciate it you know it's crazy we're almost at 150 total episodes just in season 14 alone. And if this is like your first time listening or watching the show, season 14 aired on January 9th of this year. So basically within six months, I've done about hundred and 35 plus shows and then with interviews it, it's over 150 probably 160 I gotta definitely like calculate it and figure out the exact number but we have surpassed 150 
And my goal was to get to 300 by the end of the year. And we're definitely going to do that. I mean, <laughs> which is crazy because if you look back at the history of the episodes being released throughout this year, you know, obviously January, February, March, April, I was just pushing out episodes almost daily. I mean, there were days where I would put out two shows plus an interview. There were some days where there were two shows and two interviews, you know. Um, but also at the same time, which I've you know, mentioned several times on the show, that there's just so much behind the scenes work. And it's not like podcasting is the only thing that I do. You know, I do acting, I run multiple businesses. I mean, there's so many things I do. And just with the podcast alone, I mean, that takes up over 16 hours of each day. Whether I put out an episode or record an episode, just behind-the-scenes work, whether it's phone calls, business meetings, Zoom calls, trying to find new guests to come on the show for interviews, trying to come up with new ideas and concepts and things to talk about and then just the business aspect of it. There's just so much, not, not, not even really including the pre-production, the post-production. You know, it, it's a lot, but I, I'm not here to complain because I love what I do. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't love it. I wouldn't be killing myself metaphorically you know, working 130 plus hours a week if I didn't like what I was doing. You know, and I think that's very important. And I know a lot of people know that. You know, they hear growing up, find something you really are passionate about for a job or a career. And it'll be like you'll never have really work a day in your life. Obviously, it's still work, but there's a huge difference in going to a job or career that you are really passionate about and really love versus a career or job that you fucking hate. You know, especially, you know, if you are working a job that you hate, and I've been there. I've worked so many shitty jobs from a teenager up until 2018. I've worked shitty jobs. I know what it's like. And it's not a, a fun experience, at least for me. You know, I know I can speak for a lot of other people. And I'm not here to shit on those kinds of jobs. Because... You know, some money's better than no money. And I was able to have shelter, have food, 
stack my bread up, save, invest, and be able to allocate the money that I was making from those jobs throughout my early 20s, mid 20s, to be able to put that into businesses. And I kind of was strategic about that, that part and that aspect. And that's not always an easy thing to do, to be honest. Because I was always really bad at saving money. And it got to a point in 2018, so this is what, five years ago. So, you know, 24, 25 years old, I was like, all right, I got to do something. So I literally, you know, even working, I mean, even though I wouldn't say it's a minimum wage job, I mean... I mean, technically it is. I just was making a couple dollars more than what the Massachusetts minimum wage was. But, you know, 15 bucks an hour, whatever, I was still able to put away a certain amount of money every paycheck. And I did make sacrifices. And you have to make sacrifices if there's something that you want to do and you don't have the resources or you're not able to do it at that moment, then you have to make sacrifices. You know, I, my early 20s, mid-20s, you know, even going back to being 16, 17, 18, 19, I wasn't the party type person. I was doing my podcast while everybody was out partying and I'm not here to like you know knock on people for partying and having fun there's nothing wrong with that but that's just not who I really that's just not who I am and especially not who I was at that point in my life so I've always been the type of person where when everybody else is partying or out at a bar or a club or whatever it might be I was podcasting I was working on a business. I was working on my marketing consulting agency, whatever it might be. And obviously, that was an advantage. But to counteract that, the disadvantage was me not staying consistent, which I've talked about so many times openly on the show. Because you know, from starting the podcast in 2010 when I was 16 and really having a solid run from November 2010 to, like, I don't know, June or July of 2012. So from 16 to 18, from a sophomore to senior in high school, you know, I took this podcast, which, I again, I didn't even know was word or a thing. I was calling it an internet radio talk show. It was like JT 94.28. It was like, it was the stupidest fucking like 
I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, but I was 16. I mean, this was like 13 years ago. And also, it was just so new. And, you know, so w- when I started doing the podcast in November, I, you know, I, again, I've talked about this, and I, I'm sorry if you guys have heard this story before, but I was on Ustream.com, and, and that's the site that Joe Rogan started doing his podcast on. And we started around the same time. And there was a time where I remember vividly that not all, I'm not, I'm not claiming to say that it was like every show and every day, but there was times where I had more engagement, I had more people checking out my page than Joe Rogan. And obviously, if I would have stayed consistent, this show, my brand, my life would be so much different. Am I saying that I would be the number one podcaster in the world? I don't know. I mean, in my head, I I would like to think so. But I'm also not naive. I'm self-aware. But I'm also also self-aware enough and confident in myself to say that I know that, you know, it would be on a whole different level. But that was a lesson that I needed to learn. You know, that was a big lesson, a major lesson. Because when you really think about it, if I were to stay consistent from when I started from the initiation in 2010, and really was consistent throughout the years from when podcasting wasn't, nobody really knew what it was to then podcasting become starting really become kind of popular, then become a trend, and then for it to explode and now be so oversaturated. I know that, you know, you know, you see like Rogan got, you know, a hundred plus million dollar deal with Spotify and you see all these podcasters getting crazy deals. I'm not saying I would have gotten a hundred million. I mean, who knows? But I definitely would have been a multimillionaire by the age of 24, 23, 22, if I were to stay consistent. And But that's a lesson that I learned. But I also, don't get me wrong, I never went into this for money. I never was like, yeah, I'm going to do a podcast or a talk show to make money. No, I, I, I discovered it. I realized that I actually really loved it and really was passionate and really enjoyed doing it. And it became an outlet for me when I was really struggling especially during that phase of my life where I was so lost. I didn't have any friends. You know, I, I moved from a different state, you know, from Massachusetts, Boston to Florida for high school, not knowing anybody. I was just lost. I was, I was confused. And I have been saying for over a decade that podcasting essentially saved my life and I'm not even saying that metaphorically I mean I guess I am also but literally podcasting saved my life 
because it was an outlet, especially during those times. It was an outlet for me to, I guess, just voice my opinion, just say what I want to say, talk about what I want to talk about. And I've always been fascinated by new things and what the new next big thing is and the, ne the next trend. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, when I was 16 in 2010, I knew that podcasting would be what it is today. No. I mean, I definitely knew that it was going to be a big thing. But I did not think, and I don't think anyone can really fully say that they thought podcasting would be so big and to the level of saturate oversaturation that the market is now. Just because like now everybody wants to be a podcaster. It's kind of like the whole <laughs> music thing, you know. There's so many people that want to be a rapper. And I'm not, no, shitting on anybody. You know, you're, if that's your goal or a dream, go for it. But that's just one example. Or producers, it's just so oversaturated. Because, and obviously people get into certain things for the right reasons. But there's also people that get into certain professions. Or they try to pursue certain things in life. For the wrong reasons, whether it's for materialistic things, whether it's for financial gain, monetary gain, whatever it might be. And the thing is, yeah, that might work sometimes for some people, but it won't last. Because remember, the key is longevity. So you need to, you need to find something that you are extremely passionate about, that you're good at, that you can excel at, that you can continue to grow and, and not stay stagnant and complacent, and you've won the lottery. But sometimes it takes trying other things and trying new things and exploring and taking risks and kind of just breaking out of that bubble, that shell, and trying new things. And it's okay if you feel. I would be surprised if you didn't, if it's something new that you're trying for the first time. I mean, yes, there's a probability, of course, that you know you might be exceptional at something without really having to put in the work. But for the majority of people, it doesn't work that way. You know, especially if you want to be great at something or be a master, quote unquote, you have to put in that 10,000 hours. And I don't even consider myself a master at podcasting, and I've put in well over 20,000 hours throughout the years. And I have so much to work on when it comes to podcasting, when it comes to talking, when it comes to public speaking. I know that, especially with my ADHD and anxiety, 
there's times where I stutter. There's times, obviously, I say, and, um, you know, <laughs> you know, and that's my, everyone knows <laughs> that I say that so many times. And I do need to work on that. But so many people, and there's so many courses that are saying that, you know, make sure you, you know, you talk 100% perfect and no ums, no buts, and, and you're, you're missing the point. And that's not, that's not the truth because people want authenticity. People want to see someone that they can relate to or hear someone they can relate to. And if you sound like a fucking AI generated, generated fucking robot, the vast majority of people, unless they're fucking NPCs, are not going to be able to relate to it, especially on a deep emotional uh, standpoint. So it's okay to talk openly. And don't be afraid to fuck up while talking. And I know that is easier than said than done. Especially if you have done some sort of public speaking or whatever and have had a bad experience. Or maybe it was when you were in school and you had to go and do a you know, presentation. Whatever it might be. You know. <laughs> there it is. But embrace it. Like I talked about on the last show. Embrace your fear. Embrace those doubts. But don't embrace them in a bad way. Embrace them in a good way. Use that doubt. Use that that curiosity on whether it'll work or other people's voices or opinions and use that as fuel. Or you don't have to. I mean, it works for some people and it works and it doesn't work for other people. I've seen it happen literally vice versa. But I just think it's so crucial and I think it's so important, especially in a time like this. I mean, there's no other time that it's more important for us to really embrace our uniqueness. I'm so sick of seeing people just saying or doing what everyone else is doing in the crowd. I mean, if it's something you like and really genuinely are interested in or passionate about, okay. But if you're just following something or trend or listening or watching something or wearing something or buying something because it's the cool thing to do, I need you to reevaluate What's going on psychologically? <laughs> I'm sorry, that's, that's just the Aquarius in me. You know, I've never 
been a follower. I've always been a leader. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, there has been times in my life where I was so lost in my life where I tried to fit in. But I think we've all kind of experienced that to some degree. But I've never been the person to hop on the bandwagon train. I've just never been that person. In fact, I've always been the complete solar opposite. Where, and again, not to sound you know egotistical and grandiose, but I've always looked and considered myself a visionary. And I mean, I think just the podcast, you know, speaks volumes and, you know, there's the proof right there. But there's just so many other things that I have done or participated in or predicted or created that was just so ahead of its time. And, and that, that was one of the frustrating things when starting the podcast in November of 2010 was just because that it was just so fucking new and fresh. So again, you know, when I would tell people, yeah, I, I have this internet radio talk show, or then when I eventually, you know, found out that it was called a podcast, you know, I people would be like, well, a, a, a blog? Uh, what, what's a podcast? Can I listen to it on the radio? Like, no. It's a website. And you can listen to it. <laughs> and especially during that time, in 2010 and 2011, I was doing a lot of the shows on Ustream.com because that's where I started. And I don't even know if that's even still around. And if you don't know what it is, if you're younger than me, it's kind of like Twitch before Twitch was Twitch, you know. It was a live kind of streaming website platform. And, man, good times, you know, looking back. And it's crazy how far I've come. It's crazy on the progression of the show, of my brand, of my skills and my talent. And again, I still have a lot to work on. But I'm proud of myself. And I know not being consistent throughout those years. And yes, I was dealing with mental health issues and a lot of stuff going on. And you can, you know, blame that or whatever, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. You know, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. There's nothing I can do other than learn from that lesson. It's kind of just like how, you know, Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, he almost, he, he passed on investing in Uber. And, or it was, yeah, it was Uber, yeah. And 
I mean, there's so many people. I'm not just pointing him out. I mean, he's a very, I look up to him and I've been following his journey since like 2014 or something. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's going to take time. It's going to take that effort. And you have to be willing to fully accept. And I know I say this all the time, but I see it so many times. And also, I have done it myself. I'm guilty of it in the past where I'm, you know, I tell myself, okay, this is how it's going to be or this is how it is. I accepted it, quote unquote. But it really just goes in one ear and out the other. There is no, you know, I'm not retaining any of that information. And I think a lot of people also kind of have those tendencies. And we need to kind of realize those tendencies, those patterns, and try our best to work on the negative tendencies or traits or things that we do, behavior patterns, whatever it might be. You know, a lot of the time there's things that we do and it's really our subconscious mind. And it's not even us really thinking consciously. I'm not saying all the time, but like there are times where it's subconsciously. You know, and there's so many people that suppress how they feel, whether it's in a relationship, a friendship, a job, family, school, whatever it might be. They suppress how they really feel, maybe because they don't want to have a confrontation or start something or have to deal with the aftermath of an argument or whatever it might be. You know, people suppress, not all, but there's some, there's a lot of people that like to, not, I don't know if they like to, but they do it, whether it's subconsciously or consciously, they suppress their feelings and that turns into resentment. And one day, all of that resentment and that unspoken truth, unspoken emotions and feelings that you have for someone or something or about something or a situation, whatever it might be, that's going to come out. That's why, you, you know, when people get drunk, they start confessing things. They start talking crazy, you know. And I'm not even a drinker. But that's just an example. You know, it's, uh, it's not healthy. And it's an issue. And it's definitely a big issue with men because society has trying to emasculate men and masculinity. And there's so many men 
that are afraid to open up or be vulnerable because other people might take that vulnerability or that kindness for weakness. And there's a lot of shitty people out there that will manipulate that vulnerability for a weakness and use that against them. And that's why there's so many men that don't talk about how they feel. And we see, I mean, the statistics on suicide with men. And I'm just speaking as a white male in America. You know, you think there's a stigma with mental health with white people? You know, there's a stigma, you know, with all different other cultures and communities. You know, I can't speak for other people, but growing up with having all of my friends being diverse and having diverse backgrounds, I have seen and witnessed whether it's them saying to me or how they're acting or whatever it might be, that they're afraid to open up. They're afraid to speak up on how they feel because they might be judged or that information might be used against them later down the road. And that's a problem. That is a serious problem. There is nothing wrong with being open, with being vulnerable. You know, people are saying, you know, it's so crazy because I, I look on, you know, I, I read comments sometimes and just scrolling. And I know the truth, but so many people are just disassociated with reality and deluded that I, I see people are saying, or they see people being vulnerable in a, in a good way. And they either like laugh at it or make fun of them or, and it's just like, they couldn't be brave enough. They couldn't be courageous enough to do that themselves. And it kind of triggers something inside them or now they have to say something to make themselves feel better behind a phone or a keyboard but 99.9% .9 of the time they'll never say it to someone's face honestly the internet and social media has made people so fucking soft We'll be back. You're listening to On Air with JT. This is On Air with JT. Join JT, visionary and host for a 420-friendly improv and variety talk show. 
featuring pop culture, news, interviews, debates, and the home of the famous JT Rants. Here, mental health awareness is at the forefront, with JT on a mission to inspire and spread mental health awareness. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. You can stay up to date and get in touch by heading to onairwithjt.com. To contact the show directly or for business inquiries, use onairwithjt at gmail.com. Have a great day, the JT way. JT did it again. This is On Air with JT. Join JT visionary and host for a 420 friendly improv and variety talk show featuring pop culture news interviews debates and the home of the famous jt rants here mental health awareness is at the forefront with jt on a mission to inspire and spread mental health awareness available on apple podcasts spotify iHeartRadio, and youtube you can stay up to date and get in touch by heading to onairwithjt.com. To contact the show directly or for business inquiries, use onairwithjt at gmail.com. On Air with JT, hosted by JT and Maddie. On Air with JT. Listen to On Air with JT on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Go to onairwithjt.com. If you are a business owner, brand, company, or anyone selling a product and you want to advertise on this podcast, email the show directly at onairwithjt at gmail.com. We are offering extremely low rates for a limited time. Once again, email the show at onairwithjt at gmail.com. JT did it again. On Air with JT. JT did it again. Welcome back to On Air with JT. Thank you so much for tuning back in. I really do appreciate it. And like always, you can always listen to the podcast On Air with JT on Apple Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio. You can watch the full video version, clips behind the scenes, and so much more content at my YouTube channel. Just head over to YouTube and type in On Air with JT. If you do have a YouTube account, I would greatly appreciate it if you could please subscribe. And if you would like, hit that notification bell so you'll stay up to date and you'll get notified anytime I do upload new content. I do know that a good percentage of the people that listen to the podcast on the audio version listen on their iPhones. And if you are a supporter and you like the show, if you could do me one favor, I would greatly appreciate it. It will literally take you less than 15 seconds. And if you're already listening to me right now, you're already on the app. So all you got to do is go back to the Apple Podcast app, the purple podcast app on your iPhone. You're going to type in on here with JT. You're going to scroll all the way down and you can rate the show one out of five stars. Of course, I'm not asking you to rate it a five. If you don't think it's a five, rate it accordingly. You know, uh, I would greatly appreciate it. It helps the algorithm. And uh, yeah, I would greatly appreciate it. You can always leave a comment. And if you ever need to get in contact with me, you can always email the show at onairwithjt at gmail.com. 
That's on here with JT at gmail.com. For all business inquiries, potential sponsorships, partnerships, etc., please serious inquiries only. You can send me an email directly to onairwithjt at gmail.com. That's onairwithjt at gmail.com. You know, uh, this is going to be a crazy week. I have a very exclusive, awesome, in-person interview today. So this episode is going to be cut short. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to add the exclusive interview that I did with Boston legend Clinton Sparks. So if you have not heard that interview, you're about to check out my exclusive interview with Clinton Sparks. Thank you so much for listening or watching to today's show. I really do appreciate it. And I hope you have a great day. The motherfucking JT way. Yes, JT did it again. How's it going, everybody? You are listening to On Air with JT. My name is Justin Thomas, and thank you so much for listening to a brand new episode and interview. I have a special guest on the phone, uh, someone who I've actually really looked up to for so many years, and it's honestly a privilege to have a conversation with Mr. Clinton Sparks. How are you doing today, Clinton? I'm doing good. Thank you for that great introduction. Of course. You're from Boston, but I didn't know that you lived in Hyde Park. Yeah, I grew up in Dorchester and then uh, around uh, 12 years old, 12 or 13, I moved to Hyde Park. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I was born and raised in Hyde Park. And, you know, uh, it's, so yeah, it's, it's an honor to to have a conversation with you again. And you know, it's funny just because what I've realized, and I don't want to get into it too much, but, and I'm sure you know, there's just, there's a problem with the music scene, I feel like, in Boston. I mean, because we look back and like, there's been no Drake, there's been no Lil Wayne, there's been, there's no, there's, there hasn't been a megastar to really come out of the city and I've managed a few artists throughout the years, obviously not on, you know, a major scale, but I've, you know, been around, you know, the music scene and it just, even till this day, Clinton, it, you know, from what I'm seeing, and obviously there's a lot of talent that comes out of Boston. I mean, shout out to, you know, Stiz, Joyner, Bia, Koi, you know, everyone's doing their thing. But I personally feel, and this is just my personal viewpoint, why there's no there's no one to really get to that, you know, ultimate superstardom level is just because everyone is just kind of, it has that Boston mentality of like, you know, just because there hasn't been that Drake. So like everyone's just trying to get to that, that number one spot. So, and everyone has that, you know, the Boston mentality with, you know, like kind of just F you, like get out of my way. Like, and it's kind of like the opposite of Atlanta from what I've like kind of witnessed where, or New York, where people are trying to put each other on. And I feel like that's a problem with like the Boston music scene and why there hasn't been. And then, you know, even when people do get success and then, you know, that's a whole nother debate about, you know, whether they can maintain it. And I, I'm just talking about in terms of like rappers or like singers, um, not even like just, and obviously there's tons of actors and things like that, but I just haven't seen personally, you know, 
I just see this mentality of just like, you know, I just, I want the spotlight and it's just the complete opposite of Atlanta. And I just feel like artists and, and performers and creators, we need to come together and, and collaborate more and put each other on. And, you know, it, yes, it's cool to have, you know, your 15 minutes and have success. I want to see everybody win. And I just feel like it's one thing that Boston lacks. And I was just wondering if you had any comments or any like things you, you, th- you know, thought about that. Well, my first thought is like, Holy shit, that was a lengthy question. I'm sorry. <laughs> my, 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 my second thought is there's a lot of cities that don't have a Drake because there's only one Drake. Yeah. Uh, and then thirdly, I'm not sure of the Boston mentality that you're referring to. Um, and, and fourth, there is a lot of great talent in Boston. There has been a lot of great talent in Boston. And if you're comparing it or trying to size it next to a Drake, uh, that would be the wrong way to look at it, because, uh, like I said, there's many cities around the world that do not have a Drake. Yeah. Um, but you named a bunch of people that are doing a lot for Boston, uh, and you know, like, dude, like just having those three or four right now. There's a lot of cities that don't have those three or four names yeah. that you just yeah. said. No, you have a good point. You know I mean? Good point. So when you have like a Joiner and a Bia and a Millie's and um, and Koi and you know, there's so many people. Like coming out, of, I mean, just that alone is like how many cities have four people that are recognized names around the country? I forgot to mention Millie's, and it's crazy to see his. I remember, you know, 2011, 2012, just mixtapes, and to see, you know, how how far he's come is, you know, really incredible. So I mean, I knew Millie's was a special talent back then because uh, I had shot a video for one of my songs and. I was like, I got to get that kid to act in my video wow. because I just, knew, I just knew that he was dope. So if you look back, uh, if you can find it on the internet anymore, I know, I know it was taken down, but you know, Millie's will attest to it too. Like this is, you know, 2012, I think it was or 11. Um, and you know, I put him in my video because I knew, but like, that's my job to know and see who's hot and see what's going on and forecast who's putting in the work. And, you know, I think one of the problems that a, a lot of people have is that, they feel in their own mind that they're worthy of having the success and the recognition that somebody else, because in their mind, Mm -hmm. they're just as good, if not better than somebody else that is getting the shine that they feel they deserve, they should have as well. The problem is, is that they don't recognize or understand Mm -hmm. the work that the other person is doing behind the scenes. So the most artists will be like, well, I'm in the studio every day. I'm doing this. My shit is hotter. Da, 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 da. And they compare themselves to somebody else mm-hmm. instead of just building a plan for themselves of how they're going to be able to be successful and dominate doing what they do, despite what somebody else is doing. So totally that's, that, that, that applies to Boston or anywhere else. I mean, when I was coming up in Boston, I didn't compare myself to, to a chubby chub or to a Roy Barboza or to any other DJs that were coming up. Like, yeah. first of all, they were my, they were my friends and I wanted them to win too. Exactly. So like I didn't compare or try to compete with them. In fact, you can ask them both or anybody else. I was the guy that tried to support and uplift everybody else. Yeah. Uh, and they'll probably admit now, like, yeah, I should have listened to Clinton more. He used to try to help me do doper shit, but I didn't see it. And then once when he did it to himself, I finally was able to see it. So like, if you don't if you don't worry about competing, uh, or what somebody else has that you don't have, 
like that's a super weight and burden that you put on yourself that's only preventing or prohibiting you for being able to fly as high as you possibly can. You should just celebrate and be happy for other people uh, when they're doing well instead of worrying about like, yo, my shit is hotter than theirs or yo, they should be fucking putting us on or be putting on the city. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, that inadvertently happens when you're successful and you're a good person. I don't know what people expect when someone becomes successful. Like, are they supposed to just all of a sudden now put themselves to the back burner and like care about everybody else and put everybody else on? Yeah. And like, like from, for instance, for me, when I, when I was um, coming up, like there wasn't a lot of activity or, attention on boston in fact a lot of people especially in new york frowned on new york and like i this wasn't my intention but i did so much good work and laid such a trail of like you know trust and positivity and outputting quality content with music and stuff that i inadvertently made boston become a more desirable city because of what i so people would start saying like Yo, Clint Sparks is in Boston. Or if you were an artist that would meet somebody outside of the city, they would be like, yo, you fuck with Clint Sparks? You know what I mean? So it's like my job was to put a spotlight by doing great work so that now when the spotlight's on the city, it's your turn to fucking dance. I'm not going to dance for you, too. I'll do my job by doing a great job that people now, because I'm from Boston, will look at Boston in a more positive light but I'm not going to fucking hold your hand and like make your fucking song for you. Like it's not your time to perform and your time to do your job so that if you're doing a good enough job and people see you because of the light I put on the city, then you're going to be noticed. If you're not getting noticed, it's not because I didn't shine the light bright enough. It's because you're probably just not fucking, it's not your time. Yeah. You know, you can give someone opportunities, you can put them in position, you know, but what I've learned, at least in my you know personal career, and I totally agree with you, Clinton, is that you know it's ultimately ends up, you know, it's their their fate, their their choice at the end of the day. You know, free will. You know, you can only do so much, and you can you can try and put other people on and try and give people game. You know, I know that Clinton, that you were early on kind of with like the podcasting and media. And so, uh, so was I, like I started podcasting in 2010 when I was 16, I was a sophomore in high school. People, I didn't even know what podcasting was when I started. Like I called it like an internet radio talk show. Yeah. I mean, I, I started podcasting in mid mid two thousands. I know. So like podcast podcasting wasn't even a thing at the time. I know you were so ahead of your time and I feel like you know, I'm, I'm sure you were trying to tell everybody like, Hey, this is the future. Like, listen to me, but I well, that's, like- that's, that's the story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, my whole life is like, guys, trust me, this is, the, this is what's next. And like, you know, even from mixing EDM and hip hop together when nobody would listen to me and then it became like one of the biggest formats at all these festivals and Steve Aoki and DJ snake and all these people doing it. But like early on, everybody was like, bro, nobody wants to hear, even like when I was on Shade 45 and I would mix like an electro an electronic song with like D Block, you know, even Eminem and Paul would be like, What the fuck are you doing? And, you know, Steve Aoki, I remember going to him backstage one time and I showed him and he was like, Ah, oh, dude, you're doing this. I look at you to see what's hot in hip hop. And I go, This is what's gonna be next that's hot in hip hop. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So whether it's music or gaming or, you know, there's so many trends or, or technology that, you know, that I just see. And that's, and by the way, it's not because like 
I'm like this super dope oracle or something. It's just because I actually give a shit and pay attention yeah, to what's going on. I, I, and, believe, and what... I, I believe you're a visionary. I don't mean to cut you off, but you, you are, you have, you have set trends. You have, you, you have, you're a pioneer in the game. You have, you have done things way before it caught on as a trend or popular. And I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just had to, you know, I just want to give you your flowers, especially as someone from Boston. I just want to personally say that, like, again, I really look up to you and I'm so inspired by you, Clinton, and, and just all the things that, in, that you have done. Because it's not like you just have been a successful DJ and producer or an entrepreneur and all these amazing things, but like, you're, you're a great. Don't forget, don't forget father. Don't forget father, father. father, family man, you know, but what I'm so fascinated by where I, what I want to do with my life and my career and what I'm trying to work on is just with, how did you manage, like, whether it was like E, um, what, and then the radio and then just like, you know, being a person you know, TV, radio personality, then doing the DJ producing. And then one of my favorite songs by Akon is sorry, put the blame on me. Like, I didn't know that you produced that and you helped co-write that song. Uh, that's one of my favorite Akon songs. And just because it's just so it's filled with so much emotion and you can hear that and you can feel that. And I was just wondering, like, what was that like process like? I don't know if, how much you can talk about it, but just like helping and creating that song with Akon, especially just with, you know, the importance and significance behind the meaning of the song. So I made that song in my basement um, wow. in Boston. And I wrote the first verse t at the time to, to my ex-wife. The second verse was about my mom. And the third verse was about my dad. Um, and I was one of the first people to play Akon's locked up record on the radio. So we became friends and he said, if I, if, if I can ever do anything for you, let me know. And I was like, I don't need anything from you. And then fast forward several years later, when I made that record, uh, I knew I wrote it with him in mind. And then he also was going through, a um, a time where he was being allegedly accused of, um, doing something that was inappropriate. So I felt the song was perfect for him. And it was perfect to accomplish the goal that I needed for, for him to sing the song because I was trying to prove to Interscope Records who wanted to sign me uh, what kind of album I was going to produce. So that's what ended up wow. happening with that record. And then it debuted number seven on Billboard. That was the first record I ever wrote and demoed. And it went straight to Akon. And then the second song I ever wrote and demoed, Beyonce recorded. That is crazy, Clinton. That, that is so inspiring. Like. Honestly, I'm not just like bullshitting you like that. that that's, you that's, so, that's really so fucking cool. What are you currently working on? Or is there anything that you can talk about? Any exciting announcements or upcoming events? And Obviously, I have books. Uh, so I have a bunch of free stuff for anybody that's trying to make it in the music industry. I've made a, a course with over 65 videos with some of the biggest names in the industry, given lessons on how you can succeed in the music industry. It's completely free. It's on clintonsparks.com. Uh, there's no catch or strings attached. You literally can go get my whole entire course for free, which you'd learn more on that course than you would go into music school. And also my music books and workshop and products are all free at clintonsparks.com too. Uh, like I said, no strings attached, just it's all free. It's all there for you to win. Um, and then I have uh, more new books coming out. Uh, I have new music coming out. 
Um, and yeah, dude, just nonstop stuff like that. So, you know, follow me on all my socials at Clinton Sparks. My podcast is a top 20 podcast on the business charts on Apple. So you can subscribe and check out my podcast there. All the links are in my Instagram bio at Clinton Sparks. Uh, and you can see everything there, but yeah, dude, if you're trying to win and succeed, anybody that's listening, that's an independent unsigned artist, like all that stuff is there for free, man. So if you're, if you're truly serious about winning and being successful, and you're like, nobody's helping me. Well, I'm fucking helping you. I put all this shit together for free. And if you don't go get it, then you ain't really looking for help. You're looking for a handout. Exactly. It's on you. So I, I'm definitely, I'm going to personally go and do that myself. So thank you for the, uh, for the knowledge, Clinton. And thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate the time. I really do. And I really wish you nothing but success and happiness for the remaining of 2023, especially. And I know that you're going to keep killing the game. And, you know, one day I hope that our paths meet again. And it would be great to have another conversation with you. And I, again, thank you so much, Clinton. I really appreciate it. All right, buddy, and best of luck on your mental health journey, and, and I wish the best for you, man. By the way, for people that – anyone listening to this, if they ever have anything to say uh, or question anything um, of, of my coming up in Boston, I, like, I didn't know you before this, right? You just hit me on a DM yeah. and, and you know, said you were from Boston. This is what you were trying to do, and I literally came on the show because you're from Boston, and I seen that you were someone trying to do – something good with your life and in Boston and your approach was professional and courteous and respectful. So that's why I jumped on the show. So I didn't know you, I didn't know him if you listen to the show. So there wasn't anything that triggered this to happen other than him wanting to have me on the show and he contacted me respectfully and me wanting to continue to help other people, especially in Boston. Thank you so much, Clinton, for saying that because I really appreciate that. Be to be honest, you're the first person to to do this from Boston, so it, it even means a lot to hear that from you. So I, I, really, right, I really well, appreciate that. Well, keep going, man. Thank I'm rooting so for you. Thank you so much. JT did it again. This is On Air with JT. Join JT. Visionary and host for a 420 friendly improv and variety talk show featuring pop culture, news, interviews, debates, and the home of the famous JT Rants. Here, mental health awareness is at the forefront, with JT on a mission to inspire and spread mental health awareness. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. You can stay up to date and get in touch by heading to onairwithjt.com. To contact the show directly or for business inquiries, use onairwithjt at gmail.com. Have a great day, the JT way. JT did it again. This is On Air with JT. Join JT visionary and host for a 420 friendly improv and variety talk show featuring pop culture news interviews debates and the home of the famous jt rants here mental health awareness is at the forefront with jt on a mission to inspire and spread mental health awareness available on apple podcasts spotify iHeartRadio, and youtube you can stay up to date and get in touch by heading to onairwithjt.com. 
To contact the show directly or for business inquiries, use onairwithjt at gmail.com. On Air with JT, hosted by JT and Maddie. On Air with JT. Listen to On Air with JT on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Go to onairwithjt.com. If you are a business owner, brand, company, or anyone selling a product and you want to advertise on this podcast, email the show directly at onairwithjt at gmail.com. We are offering extremely low rates for a limited time. Once again, email the show at onairwithjt at gmail.com. JT did it again. On air with JT. JT did it again.